you have your Bibles, you can open to the New Testament. We'll be in a few places there, starting with 1 Corinthians 12 and then to Ephesians chapter 1. As each of us have made our way to church today, we all arrived by a vehicle that moved us safely and swiftly from point A to point B through a number of motor vehicle systems. There are electrical systems, mechanical systems, technological systems, all working together to move you from one place to another, comfortably, safely, and swiftly. It starts, stops, moves forward, moves backwards, protects, plays, heats, cools, all through engineered systems that complement one another to produce desired outcomes. If the engineered systems of your vehicle are all working and working together, there are desired outcomes. But if one wire is loose, if one tire is flat, if one piece is missing, you'll be on the side of the road or you'll be slower or you'll be stuck. Systems often determine our successes and our failures. I'll say it again. Systems often determine our successes and our failures. Systems are everywhere in the world. Systems are within our Sunday drives, our days of the week, our drive-through experiences. Systems are in our games that we play. There are systems, orders of operations, principles and procedures for how things are done towards productivity and peace. They're in our personal life, they're in our family life. We have systems, we have a way that we operate. And those systems that we have and we operate within may be good or they may be bad, but they are systems nonetheless. Our world has organized operations because God himself is systematic. He is logically well-ordered, and he is logically well-ordered because he is good, and he is good because he is holy. He is perfectly perfect. We see order within the nature of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one in essence and distinct in function. We see order in his great commission, evangelism, baptism, discipleship, that leads to evangelism, baptism, and discipleship. Specifically, when it comes to the organization and the systems of the church, we often have our own experiences, if we've been in church long enough, that lead to our own thoughts of how it all should go. We have our own preferences for what we like and what we don't like. We have ideas of how it all should go, but God set up the church specifically, systematically. And throughout this month, we'll be looking at some systems that we see in the scripture. Some of those are institutions of God. Some of those are just principles from God for how to deal with things. But today, relative to the church, and when we speak of the church, we mean the organization of baptized believers, followers of Jesus Christ, called out of the world and into a relationship with God. We mentioned baptism. We've seen baptism this morning. Baptized believers in the church. Baptized physically in water is a step two and identification with Jesus. But we also are speaking of a baptism that is spiritual. Upon salvation, we are filled, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit of God. It is the work of God's Spirit sealing us guiding us, gifting us, that ushers every single believer into the body of Christ. For everyone that is turned from sin and turned to God by faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes into us and guides us into a rightful place in the church because of the grace of God. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the latter half of that verse says, we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we can all share the same spirit. When a man or woman, boy or girl, turns from their sin and turns to God by faith in Jesus, they are saved by the grace of God, they are baptized by the Holy Spirit, and they become a member of God's organization on this earth known as the church. When someone says to us here at Lindsay Lane, we'd like to talk about becoming a member of your church. One of our first steps in our order of operations, and many of you have been through this, is what we call a conversation that matters. Together we sit down with you, either with a a pastor or a decision counselor or a staff member, somebody that is guiding you and talking you through the decision that you've made or that you need to make. We have a conversation that matters that is relative to baptism, that's relative to salvation. And we listen to your testimony, but we also help you take a next step towards a decision or a next step towards discipleship. Why do we do this? Why do we have this conversation that matters for everybody that wants to be a part of a membership of Lindsay Lane? Because any membership added to the local church is preceded by a spiritual addition to the global church. Any member of a Christian church locally has been added already to the body of Christ universally. Now, that is the word on the formation of the global church. But let's talk about the organization of the local church. The biblical system of a local church, just like ours, like a local church that maybe many of you have been a part of before, or maybe many of your family members attend, Christian churches all over this world. The biblical system of the local church in our community and around the world is organized by God and for his glory. And why is that? Because if you are a follower of Jesus, you and I are to operate within the system that he has created because when we operate in obedience within his system, there is glory to God and good for man. The church, let me just say this very plainly, the body of Christ, yes, globally and universally as we are out in the world, but also locally in the church that you are are a member of or that you regularly attend, listen to me, it should be a big part of your life. A regularly significant part on your calendar, a regularly significant part of your mindset. It should be an emphasis and prioritized thing on your calendar and in your life. To put it plain and simple, as we talk about the organization, the systematic approach to the local church, in the scripture, the local church is to be organized in this way. The Lord the leaders, and the laymen. The Lord, the leaders, and the laymen. The New Testament presents a consistent, though not completely uniform, but a consistent pattern of church organization. And this consistency is found in this way. The Lord, the leaders, and the laymen. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 would describe this system comparable to the body of Christ, the body which carries out the ministry, carries out the function of the mission of God through individual believers, different parts of the body, functioning together, mutually dependent upon one another and governed by their relationship to Jesus, the head of the body. Now, this brings us to the first part of that system, the Lord who is head of the church. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter one, if you turn to Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one, verses 22 and 23. Listen to what the Bible says. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. 
all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills everything, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Lord, as we look at the points and principles of your word, God, that you would humble us all. Father, that you would help us to see the need that we have for you and to be a part of the organization you've created that is your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, as well as all the other Christian church, belongs to the Lord Jesus, period. Now, I didn't get enough amens on that. Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, as well as every other Christian church you know of, is or should be with an eye on the boss who is Lord Jesus. He is the king of all kings, the Lord of lords. All things are under his authority. He is head over all things. This is why, church, this is why we pray together. This is why we study the word of God together. This is why we worship together. This is why we need to hear from together because we are in communication and service to the boss who is the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says in Ephesians 4, 13, that he, the Lord Jesus, makes the body fit together and the body's goal, and if we are in the body of Christ this morning, the body of Christ's goal is to become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, who is head of the church. Jesus is Lord of the church. Jesus is Lord of his people. He is the living word. He is our savior and our systems are accountable to his standards. He gives direction to the body. I'll tell you this, <clears throat> each Sunday that I get to attend this church and serve in this church, we've worked all week long, that's the truth. We've worked all week long. The thing that I shudder to think of most of all when Sunday arrives and the question I ask in my heart is have we prayed enough? Have we gone before the Lord enough? Because I ain't the boss. And our staff is not the boss. And you, the servants of the church, are not the boss. And so what I am fearful of, fear and trembling of when we approach Sunday morning is have we communicated with and heard from the Lord to the point of where we are ready to stand and deliver his message, ready to worship and lead you to worship, have we spent time with the Lord who has actively involved himself with us, who is over us? Because if we are doing things on our own and apart from him, the Bible says we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. He gives direction to the body. God is the supplier of leadership gifts to the church. This is all biblical teaching. You can check it. He gives leadership gifts to the church. Not only does he give leadership gifts to the church, but God gives abilities for service to each of us who believe. Each of us are given a spiritual gift by God to help each other and build up the church, the Bible says. Every organization needs to know who the boss is. Amen? And you never know what a day will bring. That's biblical as well. Myself, other members of our leadership are here today. We may not be here tomorrow. And for the love of all that's good, please don't hear that as an announcement of any change that I'm making. I thank the Lord that I'm at Lindsay Lane every day. And there's no sense unless the Lord moves me. I plan to stay right here for a long time, God willing. But the truth is, you never know what a day will bring. 
I may be out tomorrow. Another member of our leadership may be out tomorrow, but the church will continue on as long as leaders and laymen know who the boss is. Some wonder if, if persecution in this part of our world is going to knock us out. Some wonder if persecution, as it, as it grows around the world and it seems to make its way closer to our communities, some wonder if it will tear down the church. King Jesus is Lord over all authorities. He draws people to himself. He calls workers to the field, and the gates of hell won't take down the church. And that is what the Scripture says, because the church at large is under the authority that is over all the other authorities. God organized the church to where when it was persecuted, it would grow. Y'all listen, when it comes to the future of the local church, I'm concerned less with persecution and I'm more concerned with apathy and indifference. It's been said that everything rises and falls on leadership. And if this is true, this means that while a local church here and there may not make it because of a lack of leading or a lack of following, the global church will never die because of who the boss is. There's the Lord, and then there's the leaders. The apostles of Jesus, they literally encountered and followed Jesus. This is our interpretation of who apostles are. I always get really uncomfortable when anybody calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ. The way that we see the scripture apostles of Jesus are those who literally were walking with Jesus, had encountered Jesus. And the apostles of Jesus, they laid the foundation for the body of Christ. But as the church grew, God gave organization as leaders were appointed to local churches. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Acts chapter 14, 23 says, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. According to the book of Acts, local churches were led by the plurality of elders who were responsible for spiritual leadership. The two designated offices, the two designated leadership offices of the New Testament church are elders and deacons. Elders, otherwise known as overseers, and as we know it as pastors, are those who are called of God to lead, to exemplify maturity, to shepherd and to steer the local church as they desire to serve God, to build up the church, to glorify God by helping every member see their value in the body of Christ, to help every member find their role and to watch over the souls of the people is what the scripture says. The scripture also says that it is the responsibility of the leadership of the church, the elders, the overseers of the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to equip those who believe and follow Jesus Christ for the ministry. We are to be a part of the ministry, but we are all to be a part of the ministry as those who are elders and overseers are equipping the body and the body is following that leadership. The deacons are exemplary servant leaders of the local church. The deacons were added to the church when the needs of the church grew and the body of Christ grew. The overseers are accountable to the Lord. The deacons are accountable to the overseers. And both offices are accountable to the Lord and accountable to the people that they serve. The offices of elder and deacon hold positions of authority in the New Testament. This is why some of the churches that you've experienced in your life are elder-led or pastor-led. This is why some of the churches that you may have been a part of are deacon-led because a pastor left, leaving the deacons to make decisions. 
just to make this clear, at the beginning of the year, as we're all here today and, and, and should be invested in our local church, Lindsay Lane is a congregational church. It is a congregational church that calls for pastoral leadership, pastor and staff-led leadership, which involves leaders leading and staff supporting. It's a congregational church where our elders are our lead staff. The lead staff pastors are the elders of our church. And, and speaking of the, the longtime leaders of our church, and I'll, I'll try, I've done this before, and I'm going to try to mention names and make sure we get it right. The lead staff pastors of our church, the elders of our church are myself, the lead pastor, Brother Bradley Griggs, the executive pastor, Greg Wise, the connections pastor, John Thaxton, the missions pastor, Josh Shirley, who is our discipleship pastor, and Dwayne Stroud, who is our, our worship pastor. I think I got all of them. All right, amen. Got to be careful when you're naming names. That, those are the elders of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. And we serve to glorify God and to help you find your place here and work together as the body of Christ for the glory of God and the good of man. Amen? That's why we're here. And on that note, I'd like to announce now, and many of you know this already as it's made its way through our leadership structure, but one of our pastors, Brother Bradley Griggs, is planning to retire in May. Our executive pastor who's been here for 30 years, just 30 years, not a, not a big deal, 30 years, he and Miss Karen together have served us so well. And there are times when Brother Bradley is in his office crunching the numbers and preparing a budget and answering all the lead staff and staff members' questions of things that we don't know about, we need guidance of. And then there are times like Christmas Eve when he gets a call with, together with his facilities manager, Daniel Hardeman, and they are taking a call that there's a leak in our choir room and they are up there in jeans and sweatshirts and they're getting after it. There are times when I've seen him lead worship here and there are times when he's been on his hands and knees laying tile at Lindsay Lane East and other campuses. This man of God has served God alongside his wife and to God be the glory for you, Brother Bradley, Miss Karen. We thank you so much. It's because of trusted leaders like Brother Dusty and trusted leaders like Brother Bradley who have served this congregation for so long that this church is healthy. And we thank God for the leadership structure here. We have elders, deacons, and all those have positions of authority. Our elders make decisions. Our deacons are informed of decisions, but they're not a deacon, deacon or they're not a decision-making body. And as I explain this to you this morning, the reason why I do so is because this is how we operate I consider our church to be very healthy as long as our church and the leadership functions together underneath the boss. Respectfully, we won't apologize for how we lead. The size of our congregation involves key leaders that are our church staff who operate under the leadership of our elders. We also have group leaders. Many of you are group leaders. Many of you are ministry leaders. All of those accountable to the overseers, all of those who are accountable to God Almighty and to each other. When we talk church leadership, we are often asked the question of, what about the convention? Many of you that are not from a, a Baptist background, and I'm not from a Baptist background. I grew up Methodist. I tell people, and I forget that people are watching this online, but sometimes I think the church that I grew up in was a closet Southern Baptist. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but we grew up in a church that preached the Bible and loved people. And we are affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. And people ask the question, what does that mean? Lindsay Lane is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. We have associations on the state and the local level. And we are responsive and we are involved within those associations and affiliations. 
But make no mistake, we are directed directly by the Lordship of Jesus Christ and under the leadership of this local church. That is how we operate. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the scripture says that if someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. Let me ask you, who among you, young or old, and everywhere in between, is there anyone here that desires church leadership? And the word desires is key because it's not something you want just because you want it. It's something that's going on in here that likely you may be trying to suppress, but you know God won't let you. It's something that God has put on the inside of your heart towards preaching or teaching, towards serving, towards a specific leadership role in the church. Do you desire church leadership? Is God calling you to a place of spiritual leadership? As we've just said that God, as the boss, will take care of his organization. He sends workers to the field. It is God's job to raise people up to serve in his local church. And I ask you today, are you one of those future leaders? Are you one of those men, women, young and old that God would use to lead in the local church? If so, your next step, your next step is to have a conversation with one of those lead staff pastors to have a conversation with one of our pastors, one of our staff, to talk about what that looks like biblically, to talk about what that looks like at the local level. You've got the Lord, the leadership, and the layman. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Listen to the scripture. We serve, we, the body of Christ, serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Layman is a term relative to men and women who have not experienced a specific call as an overseer or a deacon, but those who use their spiritual gifts as a believer and follower of Jesus to build up his church for the glory of God and for the good of man. According to the scriptures and for the purpose of order of operations, the systematic approach to success, laymen are to follow the Lord by following the leaders as the leaders follow the Lord. Let me say that one more time. Laymen are to follow the Lord by following the leaders as the leaders follow the Lord. Your responsibility as a Christian is to follow Christ by growing in your knowledge of him, your devotion to him, and your practice of his standards. But your responsibility as a church member is to serve that local church with your gifts, is to build up the body of Christ with the spiritual gift that God the boss has given to you, to support the church with your time and your treasure and your talent, to help one another towards maturity in Christ. And you may be thinking to yourself, I'm the one that needs help towards that maturity. Well, you better get yourself in here then and get yourself here often and meet with people here that are willing to disciple you and bring you up because the system that God has created is evangelism, baptism, discipleship that leads to evangelism, baptism, discipleship. And I'd implore you, any one of us, not to hold that up. Amen? Your responsibility as a Christian is to follow Christ. Your responsibility as a church member is to serve the body of Christ. To do that, you have got to involve yourself toward the point of investment. You may be visiting here for the first time today. Some of you may have grown up in a small church. I grew up in a church where if there was 100 folks there on a Sunday, it was a good Sunday. 
And some of you may be thinking, you know, this place is just too big. Well, y'all, did you know that you can know more than 10 people? I'm serious. The longer you're here, the more involved you're here, the smaller this place gets. The longer you're involved in groups, the longer you are involved in invested relationships, the more that you serve beside one another, fellowship together, worship together, pray together, pray for one another, the smaller this place gets. I would, I would ask you to take that excuse off the table this morning. This place is just too big. Y'all, there's a lot of churches way bigger than ours. Sure, there's churches that are smaller than ours for sure, especially in our area. Don't go and tell God what you're going to do before you get to church and say, God, I'm not going to go to a big church. What if God says otherwise? Because he knows you need what we got here. If you want to be a part of this body of Christ, you can be. We have great people here, great leaders here. Now, I will say great. I, I say that we're all under the grace of God and need the grace of God. But we have people here that want to serve God, that want to give to the Lord's church, that want to build up the body of Christ, and you can belong here too. Every excuse that you've got on the table now for why you can't come consistently, take it off there and let the Lord have you in 2023. I'm going to tell you, some of the greatest influences in my life as a Christian and towards my calling as a pastor were Christian volunteers. Were people in the church that just served because God had given them a spiritual gift and they were obedient. Specifically, I'm talking about children's teachers. Y'all, next, next week, we'll be in full swing as children's church is back in action. Many of you are gonna be serving in the children's ministry and you'll never know what difference you're making in the life of a child who will follow Christ for the rest of his life. And on behalf of myself and all of our leadership here, and especially on behalf of Ashley Claiborne and her team and our children's minister. Thank you so much for serving our church in that way. You are ministering to the future of the body of Christ. And it is a big deal and it's very appreciated. So please continue to do that. In fact, we have a standard here for our staff at Lindsay Lane. You cannot be on Lindsay Lane Baptist Church church staff if you are unwilling to serve in the children's ministry. So if you are thinking about serving, if you're thinking about a desire to ministry, you need to check that box before you come and talk to us about it, all right? Because it's important. That ministry, Lindsay Lane Christian Academy, the ministries of our church that minister to children is important because you are building up the body of Christ for the future. If you love the local church, if you love the, the provision that the church gives to your family, then invest in it and invest in it across the board. I specifically remember student volunteers that taught us the word of God every Wednesday night. And I would encourage you, if you've got teenagers, if you've got preteens, if you've got teenagers, if you've got those that will be going into their senior year, graduating, they need to be regularly in front of the word of God and in front of a young man, young woman like Daniel Green and Mary Elizabeth Beasley who teach the word of God and get people in front of them to teach the word of God regularly. A student ministry can be essential for their discipleship. They're looking at their phones all the time. They need to look at the word of God with each other. And parents, that's on you. If I just maybe make it plain, that's on you. If you want them there, you can get them there. I promise you. I remember serving at Round Island Baptist Church and serving at Round Island Baptist Church on a Wednesday night. I've told this many times before. We're in a small group with 12 young men, high school age. I look up and I said, how many of your parents brought you to church? Eight of the 12 came on their own. Four of the eight rode a skateboard there. Parents, it is our responsibility to get our kids in front of the word of God regularly. 
regularly. I, I say that with all conviction because I know what a difference it made in my life as a teenager. I was discipled in a youth group, seriously. I was discipled in student ministry. There was only about 12 to 14 of us and we were there every time the doors were open and every time we were there during the midweek, the guy and the lady together led our student ministry and they discipled us. They taught us what we believed, why we believed it and what we needed to do with it. It's important. It's so important. I implore you to consider that for your teenagers. I remember longtime senior adults who at every chapter of my life encouraged me and supported me towards my Christian future. I remember Uncle Paul, my granddaddy's brother that would come to me after Sunday services and he would tell me things like this. Let me tell you something, son. You're no better than anybody else, but you're something special. And he wasn't saying that because I was something special. He was telling me I was something special because he loved me. You see, those kind of words from longtime believers who are there all the time, who make investments in those that they know, those go a long way. You don't forget things like that that God uses towards the formation of your spiritual life and towards the future of your ministry. Everybody in the body functioning together. The church that is Lindsay Lane thrives when all of us are involved and engaged in service. Y'all, on any given Sunday that you are here, any given gathering time, you are welcomed, greeted, protected. You and your children are taught, you are thought of, ministered to, supported, and sent by who? By you, by the body, by all of us working, to, working together, complimenting one another, one another under the leadership and under the Lord who is the boss towards the glory of God and the good of man. We mentioned the systems of the motor vehicle at the beginning of the message. And y'all help me. Isn't it nice when every part of your car is functioning together and functioning without error or breaking down? Praise God, amen. Isn't that a good day when you arrive without anything going wrong? It's a peaceful feeling to be able to rely upon a vehicle. And what a peaceful feeling it is for your church to be reliable. The difference between a car and a church is that car parts don't have free will. Each part of the car functions as it was created. To do this as a church body, we must willingly submit ourselves to the Lord. Did you hear that? Daily, momentarily. We must willingly submit ourselves to the Lord. If we do so, we will serve one another and compliment each other as we grow up and we reach out for God's glory and for the good of all people. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, the last half of that says, all of you, all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I pray that this be a church where we all receive the grace of God and extend grace to others. If you sit during a message like this and you think to yourself, well, I hear what you're saying, but you need to hear me. And if I stand up here and I think to myself, y'all need to hear this today because I got everything going on and I don't need any polishing. Then we get in our pride. And the scripture says that God actively opposes the proud. 
He will set himself, God Almighty, against those who are so prideful to think that he don't know better than we know, and he will stand in the way of his grace being delivered because we won't be able to take it because we don't need it. The scripture says, all of you, that means leaders, laymen, man, woman, eight to 80, all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. The invitation today is simple. It's towards you being a greater part of this body, an institution of God that is systematically organized by the Lord. This should be one of your family's rhythms for the next year. But let's be honest. This should be our family's rhythm for every year. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. This altar will be open for you today. If you'd like to come and talk to a pastor about joining this church, maybe today you need to be thinking about your baptism. As we got together with all of the folks that were in the baptistry today, we explained that baptism is an ordinance of Scripture and it's to be done in obedience, not unto salvation, but unto obedience. Maybe you need to be baptized. Do you need to be saved today? Do you need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved? Do you have questions about what that means and would you like to bring those questions to us? This is what the invitation is for. Lord, we stand and we consider our own Christianity. We stand and consider our own spiritual life before you. God, and up into this message, there are so many things, God, that you've shown me about my personal life, Lord, about my corporate life with this church that need to be sharpened and strengthened. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us with humility would put ourselves before you and allow you, oh God, to speak into our life. Lord, we need more of you. We need more of you. God, would you lead us through this time of invitation, Lord, if we are to respond, that we would be obedient. We not think about what others are thinking. We're not thinking about what could go wrong, but God, we, we step out on faith, take a next step towards where we need to be. We thank you, oh God, for who you are, Lord, for always taking care of your church, for always providing wisdom. God, for giving us spiritual strength and giving us power over the penalty of sin. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for you. We thank you for this church. We pray that you continue to strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open for you. Our pastors are here for you.